In every generation, there are the chosen ones, the fanboys, the observers, the keepers of useless trivia. They alone must stand against the forces of television drama tropes. They are continuous play. Oh, come on. Stake through the heart, a little sunlight. It's like falling off a log. Welcome to Continuous Plays, The Art of Slaying, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer retrospective featuring Brian Thomas. Don't make fun. I work long and hard to get this promise. And Jay Newcastle. Just because this is never going to work, there's no need to be negative. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the copyright of Fox Television Studios and any discussion of the characters, episodes, or music is strictly for entertainment purposes only. Welcome to the Art of Slaying, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer retrospective. I'm Jay. And I'm Brian. And we're here to talk about Season 3, Episode 15, Consequences. It's written by who else? Marty, it's all about the chemical reaction, baby. Noxon. Buffy decides to confess the events of last week after breaking down in front of Willow. She goes to Giles, but Faith has beat her to the punch and told him that Buffy killed the deputy mayor. Giles dismisses Faith and brings Buffy in, apparently to scold her, but of course he lets uh, Buffy know that he doesn't believe Faith and sides with her, which is unbeknownst to Faith. Buffy wants to intervene, and the gang tries to help, even with Xander admitting to having a connection with Faith, which of course alludes to the fact that he had sex with her, which really upsets Willow for reasons that don't make no sense. Xander tries to talk some sense into Faith, and she tries to kill him in return, because that's messed up. Angel weighs in with a baseball bat and tries to reason with the rogue slayer, but is interrupted by Wesley and his goons, who plan to take Faith back to Britain, where the council can deal with her. Faith, of course, escapes with relative ease. Buffy and the gang split up to look for Faith, and after she learns, she's escaped from Wesley. A big fight ensues, Mr. Trick attacks, and Faith actually rescues Buffy by killing Mr. Trick, who was about to make a meal out of Buffy. The gang reels from this betrayal, and in the end, we see Faith offering her services to the mayor. And that, Brian, is the plot summary. Ooh, yeah, I'm telling you, man. You talk about bringing the house of cards down, brother. They brought it down with some fire. Love it. Love it. It's it's an interesting twist, I think. And we just came off of one twist. Now we're coming on to another. I really enjoyed how they ended this episode. And I really like how where it's going to go. You say twist. I call it insert knife and twist. Because that's exactly what this episode is. I mean, it's we're stick the steak and turn it twice, baby. I mean, there's so much cool stuff that goes down in this one. And you know what? There's no bad. There's like no bad to fight. The bad to fight is the conscience and or not having one of what happened and i'll tell you is that not a bold step brian i mean they just turned the season on its head you know the last episode and now they're going to take a whole episode to deal with the fallout i liked it i thought it was a brilliant move because there's no need to all of a sudden i mean this is a huge deal you know they've killed a human being, and we have to deal with that. It's make it would make no sense to just jump in and have them fight a, a sea monster or something. You know, <laughs> so it's great that 
they go ahead and, and, and deal with it in this episode. And I like that they spend the whole episode doing that. <laughs> yeah, it is much better than being chained up in the basement, sacrificed to the frat boys reptile. That is for yes. sure. I will I will go there with you, my friend. <laughs> well, let's, you know, what's the theme here, Brian? I'll, I'll tell you what I think it is. I think it's the the idea of there's a symmetry in betrayal here that we're that are that's being told you know angel betrayed the gang because last season when he turned evil because of his curse right and now faith who's fought with buffy turns on the gang too for her own reasons and and goes to work for the bad side and and what's even you know more twisted and incestuous about it is that the betrayer from last time is trying to intervene on the betrayer from this time. I mean, there's all this this sense of betrayal. Did you get that? Uh, yeah, I think that's a good a good pickup uh, in this episode because the, you're right. You know, the betrayer from last season is the one who's trying to help the betrayer from this season, and I think that's a kind of a neat little plot thing that they put in there because you got one guy who's been through it trying to to help another one get over it. And I, we're going to talk about Angel in, in depth at that point, too, because I do think that is giving him something very interesting to do in this series and this show, something he hasn't done up to this point except with Buffy. He, he's interacting on a deep emotional level with someone not named Buffy, Spike, or Drusilla. And that's new, and that's kind of cool. Let, let's go and talk about our characters. We don't get anybody new here, Brian. I mean, it's it's the it's the, the rerun of the crew, right? You know, we we got to hit everybody up. Start, let's start off, though, and talk about some of our characters and pick up where we left off with the mayor. We learned last time he's trying to ascend, whatever that is, and he's now invincible because his head got cut in half and it didn't do anything to it. Right. And what's interesting is we start off this episode, of course, with a newsreel, but Joyce is watching a newscast that they had found the deputy mayor's body, which we know from last episode that Faith had anchored and thrown into the water uh, to go to the bottom of whatever water, ocean, whatever they have nearby in Sunnydale. I don't even know if they, they specifically say... But, they got a dock because that's where the fight goes down. So. Well, they have a dock. We know that from uh, previous episodes as well. Uh, so they have a shipping mine. So maybe it's just, it's the ocean. But anyway, they have found the deputy mayor. And, of course, the mayor uh, is doing a newscast about him and all this other stuff about uh, you know Deputy Mayor Alan Finch. What I liked is uh, when they're back in, the, in his office and he's trying to figure out what the heck Alan was doing out there at night and why he was uh, near the Slayers. And he pulls up a thought that maybe Alan was trying to uh, turn on him and go to the Slayers with all the information. So they're, they're literally shredding all of his files. And what I like about this scene is that the mayor says, you know, shredding always makes me so happy and it's not making me happy today. What's going on? And I, I just love that reaction <laughs> from them. Yeah. It's, it's funny that he still has those kind of moments and you know, we get Mr. Trick in there with him. I said from the beginning, I like Mr. Trick. I think he's an interesting recurring bad guy, you know, and to watch him just kind of watch the mayor and not really understand where he's coming from. You know, I don't get this cat, but you know, whatever I did. I thought it was cool though, that the way he came out and he did whatever, you know, this is a trope for every crooked politician in every TV show or movie ever. When one of their confidants gets killed, they come out and they're trying to 
comfort the masses and all that, you know, disingenuous bullshit that he's doing in, in that press conference. I was a close friend of da 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 da. And we both said last time, you know, how long has the deputy mayor been with him? I think maybe he's been longer with him than you do, but he hadn't been there long. I'll agree with that. So what's the deal? And then the funny thing is, and it maybe lends more credence to what you said last time that you really believe that he was out there trying to contact the Slayers and give them the what's up, is... <clears throat> that why did Alan keep such detailed files on us? So it let me know one thing. Alan knew what was going on, and he was documenting, documenting, documenting. That is a good graduate tra school training right there. Yeah, it was, an, it was a cool twist, and I like that too. And I like uh, the mayor's somewhat concerned. He's still a little nonchalant about it. He, he's kind of making it into kind well, of a joke. But well, I, he's I invincible. Like so, I mean, what well, are they really going to do to true, him? So, true. I think in the back, in his back pocket, he knows, well, they can't do nothing. But I still want to know. You know, that's his whole bit. Yeah, and I like the I like that uh, that when when Buffy and Faith do break into the mayor's office, they catch it on surveillance, and the mayor is just upset that you know they, this was allowed to happen. And where's the security? How how did these girls get in here? And oh crap, they saw us together. Now they know something's going on. You know, I like that whole thing. Yeah, it was kind of cool. It was really neat. So. Now, Mr. Trick will just brush on. Obviously, he is here as the the new right-hand man, I guess you could say. Not really new. I guess he's been there. But with uh, Finch out of the way, he's kind of the, the guy now with the mayor. But uh, he meets his demise in this episode, Jay. He is no longer around. And I don't want to go into that part yet because we'll get into it with Faith and Buffy. But we do know that Mr. Trick will no longer be with us sniff sniff i liked him i i knew he i knew sometime he was gonna have to go because that's what yeah. the show does they dispose or dismantle you know a mid-level bad guy somewhere in mid-season and it's beyond that point now so you know it's time for him to go and i'm i hated to see him go but as we'll get to i, I did like the way it all went down so but he's cool i mean he's always that you know k todd freeman plays that character so sammy davis jr cool you know so i i like mr trick i just thought he was he was neat and again the funniest parts of him are watching him react to the the mayor's evil ward cleaverness you know yeah yeah I like his his, his 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 sense of wonder about the mayor. He's just trying to yeah. figure him out, and he can't quite get it. <laughs> exactly. That's a cool little twist there, too. Yeah. I and think that's how we're all feeling, you know? We can't yeah. quite figure out what the mayor's up to. But Yeah, I don't think we, we ever know, so... Yeah. Um, let's see. Let's move to, what, what do you say? Let's do Joy. Or no, not Joyce. I'm sorry. Wesley. Wesley is real interesting because, you know, he's still kind of that nerdy guy that nobody really... Um, gives credence to and the first person to actually give him any sense of uh, authority is cordelia who comes in and, and, and asks for some books and wesley is immediately smitten by him by her uh, oh yeah and i mean who wouldn't be right but yeah. it's, it's funny is the way she plays it you know she never lets on that she's just a student until it's clear that she can get him over and i, I like the way cordelia flirts with him because it, it lets you know something about cordelia she is done with high school boys doggone it she's even done with college boys because all they'll do is tie you up in the basement and feed you that <laughs> snake she's going after the professional man and the foreign professional man at that she's all over his euro trash ass and it's so funny because it's the only scene she gets but at least it's something interesting for her to do. Because if you're just going to let Cordia come in and be a total witch, 
to everybody, well, at least give her some humorous lines and make somebody else uncomfortable. And clearly, she makes Wesley very uncomfortable. And his, his reaction to her is so funny. He's holding her hand. He's all into it. She's a student. Uh, and he just drops yeah, it like yeah. a hot potato. I did like that. I'll tell you, though, there was a little thing that Wesley did here that was so cool. He overhears Giles telling Buffy, I know it wasn't you know, Faith, you, I know it was Faith, and he is standing in the hall hearing this, and it, you can tell he's getting this look like, Dadgummit, I am tired of being, you know, out of the loop here. I'm taking matters in my own hands. And you know what? To his credit, he takes matters in his own hands, Brian. He gets together yeah. the I, I, the convenient council goons who apparently are still in town from the helpless well, venture. He did, you you got to remember, <laughs> he did call uh, Quentin Travers to report it. True, so true. they could so. have just arrived. Yeah, but th- but he puts together a plan to get Faith, and he you know rescues Faith from Angel, if you wanted to say it that, and he's he's taking her back, and I like his whole attitude. He's like, look, we we've got to deal with this Faith, and we're you know it's the council's gonna gonna have a word with you, but uh, I promise you they're gonna be fair. We're not judging you, you know. And I kind of it gave me a different respect for Wesley because he's supposed to be a buffoon, but he's also just doing his job, and I kind of like that about him. I do too. I thought it was a well. It was well done. I, and you're right. He he's looking at that. This is his job. He has to get the Slayer. And when he gets her, he tells her, you know, by the power I've got from the commit from the count Watchers Council, I am arresting you to be removed back to Britain to face charges of, you know, whatever uh, murder or whatever to look into what you did. And I like that. And and you know, he. What I also like is that when he overhears it, he doesn't judge Buffy. He, he immediately, and he doesn't judge Giles. He immediately knows that he needs to get the council involved and take care of Faith. He doesn't bother with going to Giles and saying, she should have come to me, like he would have done, say, last episode. He doesn't do that. He knows what he has to do and he goes and does it. So you're right. He, he's doing his job and he's doing it well enough. But again, we see as Faith is, is, you know, chain, uh, handcuffed, in the van, the cargo van that's taking him to the airport, uh, she gets a hold of uh, Wesley's emotions by saying, you know, it's too tight, can you loosen it up? He does it and falls into her trap. She captures the goon that has helped uh, bring her and uh, threatens to kill him. And, you know, if she wasn't a cold-blooded killer and, and Wesley truly believes she wasn't, then he shouldn't have had any worry that she was actually going to kill this guy. Well, and that's the thing is he believes that this is just a slayer that needs some training. That's how I've always read it. He's looking at her as I'm, you know, maybe I can't train Buffy, but I dug on it. I'm going to train you. You know, I'm going to get one of these girls in line and I'm going to do it the right way. And he's just, again, he's just doing his job, but it's that inexperience, the actual application that he's lacking. He knows all the answers and he knows them in a, in a split second, but he's never had to really do it. And he's trying and he's failing and, and he's trying to figure out how to get around it, you know? And I mean, he gets his butt kicked for it, but he immediately goes back to the group and says, well, you know, because they're all wondering, well, we got to go get, you know, go to the airport and stop Wesley from flying off with her. And he just walks in beat up going, well, that's not going to be a problem anymore. And I like the fact that he came in and owned up to it. I thought if he was really a sniveling pipsqueak, he would have never owned up to that. He'd have gone and hid in the corner. Nope. He goes right back to him and go, well, uh, uh, that, that went badly, you know? And not only does he own up to it, but he wants to help resolve it. And they yeah. don't let him, but he <laughs> offers his services yeah. to help them. And, yeah. and I think that's a very bold move from him because last time he was involved in this, he was a scared little chicken about to be killed and giving up anything that they wanted. 
<laughs> Can I tell you that I was I was glad that they they didn't do that again with him yeah, in this because yeah. it, it would have been a little much, you know. I think giving him they gave him so much backbone in this episode, it would have been kind of false to take it away from him. You know, he doesn't get to play with the cool kids, but at least he's trying. You know, so I I dig it, and I didn't say it enough last episode, Brian. I Alexis Denisoff is so good in this role; he's so funny, and. But he can also command seriousness very quickly. It's all in his eyes. And I, I just love the way he plays this character. It's so cool. Because two episodes in, and I mean, we're bought into this guy. Yeah, I like him. I think he's been a great addition to to this these two episodes, and and you know, as as we know, he he becomes a, a bigger part of this uh, universe later on. But um, I like what they've done with him so far, and I like that they've introduced him like this. He's he's just trying to do what he's supposed to do, and you know, he's starting to realize that maybe he needs to do a little more than he's his job requires sometimes, and, and he's willing to do that now, which I like. Got to go outside the lines from time to time. That's yep. the the whole point. We talked about Wes. Let's talk about Giles for a second here, Brian, because we need to talk about the other Watcher. You know, Giles in this episode is very much Dad Giles again or whatever. But I love how he. I mean, he wastes no time in letting Buffy know. I know Face lied. Yeah. Well, and I like how he did that too, because he basically let Faith believe that he was on her side by reprimanding Buffy and telling her to get in his office and being forceful with her. But then once Faith finally does leave, he, he goes right to her and says, look, I know it was Faith. I know that she did, but I had to make her believe I was on her side or she would have just taken off. You know, he gives her the reasons. And, you know, Buffy is hurt by all that. And it's understandable because she really believes that Giles doesn't believe her. So it's good to see that he he explains it to her. Did you like how, though, his opinion isn't much different than Faith's? I mean, it. I mean, she believes she's above everything, right? Yeah. But he he understands that. Well, that's not necessarily true. But these things happen, and I and think he's trying to be. You. Yeah, they've happened before, and he's trying to be the voice of reason in the middle of all this chaos. Is what I'm trying to say. And but he's also letting you know, hey, you know, this stuff does happen. We know that it's happened. And it's happened before, but there are consequences still. And, and and those consequences will be dished out. The investigations by the council do take place and punishments are given if they are needed. But this wouldn't be the first time that something like this has happened. And if it is truly was an accident, then things will be fine. Right. Uh, so I like that whole thing. And I also like how he lays it out for everyone here. And it's what we've been trying to say this whole season so far is that faith is unstable. And he flat out tells Buffy that she's unstable and she needs to get help. Yeah, I mean he's he's the he's seen it all along when Buffy couldn't see it and no one else really could no one else could articulate it. Giles knows because again, he's that battle-hardened knowledge. He's been around this so long, he knows what a rogue entity of the council would be like probably. He's been around it, right? And I think it gives him it gives him even more weight as a wise character. I like it. It it's cool because he's transitioning to a new role. I mean, he's not working. He's doing this pro bono at this point. You know, he's he's not getting paid to do this anymore. That's not his job. But he still believes it's his calling, and he's in on it. I like it. 
Well, and and you're talking about him laying it out for the group. That's a good chance to talk about Xander and Willow in this episode, because particularly Willow gets a lot to do here. You know, she's the first thing. Buffy goes over there to her, and she's been sort of cast off, and she's ready to confront Buffy about it, and she does, and Buffy, of course, just breaks down, and that's when Willow learns about what happens, and then Willow gets to play supportive Willow there, and I like that. I mean, it gave her, I mean, she's not in the episode much, but it gives her something to do, and it, it, it paid off the fact that you could tell she was getting her feelings hurt last episode and she's not going to just take it. Yeah. And I like how they did that. They, the first scene is that they're very uncomfortable with each other at school and, and Willow doesn't really want to talk to Buffy yet because she feels like Buffy shunned her, uh, the last episode. And so she walks away pretty quickly and Buffy's left on her own and just sitting there. And then when Buffy goes to her for help, Willow, you know, is able to admit that she was upset by everything and tell her her feelings. And of course, Buffy, when Buffy breaks down, she feels like she was a little hard on her and everything else, which wasn't the case. And it's nice to see that Buffy confides in Willow and Willow is there for her again. You know, that that's that girlfriend relationship they've had and it's still there. And it's nice to see that even though it took a small detour here with the whole Faith Buffy thing, that it still exists and there's a good bond there. And that, that was a, a very good piece for this episode for them. Yeah, it's a very real bond, and we haven't seen enough of that in the last few episodes. They've kind of gone away from it, and it's nice to remind us that that's very important, and it'll be important as we continue forward. It's also important, too, that Willow is the person who tells Buffy, that confirms to Buffy that she has to go to Giles. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's what Buffy's looking for, is one of her peers to tell you got to go tell Giles. You know, this this is the right thing to do. Yes, it's the right thing to do. And then that's what Buffy needs to sort of move forward on it. Xander in this episode, you know, he's trying to be anything to be a part of this group again. Because he's been left out for a while now. You know, he got left out in the Zeppo and it doesn't look like he's been let back in, you know, much. He's trying to get back in the group and he's trying to... You know, say I think I've got a connection with Faith. I can talk to her, and of course, Giles is going. You, you don't, you haven't spent any time around her compared to the rest of us, you know. And that's when he reveals that they had sex, you know, which of course well, yeah. destroys. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it surprises Buffy, and Giles is like, "Oh, okay," and you know, he doesn't know what to say, and it just crushes Willow, which I'm going to get to in a second. But Buffy tries to tell him, you know, she doesn't really think much of her partners, Xander. She, you know, you were just a one night stand, Conquest, and of course that, yeah. yeah, you can tell that that hurts him. You know, it's oh, another time. time. I mean, he's just like his pride is just wounded. And just think about it too. You know, we don't. You have an argument that you don't think Xander was a virgin, but it's spelled out that he was a virgin when Faith did what he did. Imagine being told that your first time meant nothing to the other person. That's pretty heartbreaking pretty crushing i mean yeah yeah, so so he's thinking that they have this connection because they've had this special intimate bond with each other and now he's being told by his you know best friend of sorts that it was just a joke to her okay i will recant something then here okay i think him and cordelia did everything but then yes and now faith went all the way I'll, i'll go with that now okay because of his reaction and the fact that he has to go to faith to you know figure that out he's still going to try yeah you know and of course she throws it in his face you know which we'll we can talk about in it that when we get to her but i i i don't know what do you think of xander having to go and prove that to her i liked it because i thought you know what before the zeppo that xander would have taken that and gone in his room and shut the door and not talked to anybody all night 
But now he's confident, Xander. He's car guy, right? So uh-huh. he's going to go and confront it. I, I did think that was a neat moment. Yeah, but I think it was it was more so for him to prove that Buffy was wrong. I think he wanted to go there and prove that Buffy was wrong, that they did have a connection, that it did mean something to Faith. And that's why he went to do what he did. And then when he finally realizes that it didn't, he turns into a scared boy again, and Faith takes full advantage of that. And so I think that in the long run, Xander went there with the confidence that he was going to go there and Faith was going to, you know, be buddy-buddy with him over what they've done. And it wasn't the case. Not at all. And now we got to talk about Willow's reaction to learning this about Xander. All right. <laughs> she goes in the ladies' room, cue acoustic sad song, which is a really awesome song, by the way. It's called Wish We Never Met by Catherine Willoit. She's a, an actress, too. You can find it on YouTube. It's great. Great tune. Um, and then Willow breaks down and cries. And, Brian, I got problems with all that. because, And here's my problem with it. If the same Willow whose hands, heart, and soul are all about the Oz and has to be about the Oz and not about the Xander anymore, why the heck is she crying over this revelation? I I could see her being shocked by it and bothered, and if they'd have just left it the way it was, the awkwardness in the you know the classroom, I was cool. But to have that long lingering shot of her bawling her eyes out over Xander again felt it felt like the one false note in the episode to me. Yeah, I can understand your your point of view, but I I always took it as as this, you know, Willow has always had this deep desire to be with Xander, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever that. And I think that she always felt that in the end, that would be the case. And to have Xander cast off his virginity in uh, on someone like Faith, I think is what really upset her that he wouldn't do that with her, but he just gave it up for faith. And I think that's what's really driving her nuts. It's not the fact that she's with with Oz and that she loves Oz. And, and I think that's all true and, Dan, and and all that. But her connection to Xander and her desire to be with him for so long, I think comes to a head when she realizes that, number one, they will not lose their virginity to each other, as maybe she had dreamed for years. And number two, he just threw his away. Well, but see, from Xander's point of view, he didn't just throw it away. It was sex in the moment of danger, and he thought he made yeah. a connection with Faith. Now, I, Xander's I stupid. Yeah, Xander's <laughs> stupid for thinking that, and we'll all agree on that. But I, I don't know. Again, it, I was fine with her being bothered by it, mm-hmm. and almost you could say bothered by the fact that my two friends have had sex and I haven't. You know, dang it, that and I'm dating somebody. Neither one of these losers are. You you could say it that way. If they'd have just left it as the awkward moment in the class again, I was fine with it. The fact that they had to do the whole crime, I just it bothers me. It still does. It always has, and it, and it always will. I I respect your point of view on it, but I think it's a false note, and it's the one false note in an otherwise really tight episode. But ultimately, it's you forget about it pretty quick because of what starts going down in the episode next and all the stuff. And that's I mean that's a good time to transition. We got to talk about Angel uh, extensively here, Brian, because for the first time on the series, Angel gets to interact with someone not named Buffy, Spike, or Drusilla in a real meaningful way, and I love it. 
And I agree, but before we get to that, we need to talk about Angel because there's a couple things here that I noticed that I want to get your opinions on too. Obviously, Angel is all over this crime scene. And we noticed from the last episode when Angel and Buffy ran into each other, Angel noticed the blood on Buffy's hands. And obviously, being a vampire, he can sniff that stuff out. So you see him at the crime scene looking at everything. And I think that he put together the fact that the girls were involved in this based on the smell of the blood that was there and the smell of blood that was on Buffy's hands. So fast forward now to the detective who's grilling both Buffy and Faith. My thought is, do, do you think that Angel tipped the cops off to those two? Because how else did they get tied back? Uh, the mayor maybe um, would have done that, but I think Angel maybe have tipped it off to, to kind of get things moving here. You know, I've never thought about him being the tip-off. You do hear sirens coming up in the background as we, we've talked about how Faith was kind of lingering over the body at the end of the last episode, you know, and stuff. You hear him in the background. That's when she runs off, or presumably that's when she takes the body and dumps it or whatever. But, that, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he's the one that tips him off or if the mayor has put that together. That I've never thought about that before, Ryan, but I agree with you. I think he looked at her hand and smelled the blood and knew something was up. And he put, I mean, Angel's not dumb. He put this thing together pretty fast. And so I'll tell you, though, the, the coolest thing is here, he knows he really is the only one that can get to Faith because of everybody else on the, on the, in the cast right now. He's the only one that's been where she is right now multiple times in his life and he's the only one that can really relate to it you know and i i mean you know if we want to go with your addiction uh analogy from last time brian he's like the recovered addict who's the hardcore drug rehab counselor and he's come in to be scared straight with her about it you know we, we, you and i are both big behind the music fans and a lot of the rock and roll bands we like you know didn't really get straight until they got up with one of the real hardcore celebrity rock star drug addict counselors and there's a couple of them out there that were hardcore addicts at one time in their life and they've sort of made a carved out a new living by helping these other hardcore addicts get over it I think that's how they're playing I think that's how Angel's playing it in this episode and I, I liked it I thought it was really good yeah, I think he hit the nail on the head right there. I think that he is there. He knows what she's going through. He's been there. He knows what it's like. And I loved how he did it. You know, I know what it's like to kill someone. There's a rush. It feels great. And you want to, you know, you've got a taste for it now. You're going to want to do it again and again. He goes, and I know how to stop that. And you need to listen to me. You can't, you, you've got to, you've got to own up to this and you've got to face the consequences or it's going to eat you alive. And it's just going to take you down the wrong path. Do you think it's neat that he and Buffy are the the two in the episode that really think that Faith can be reached, that there's still some good in her? Yeah, I think they're the only ones in the episode who believe that. I think Giles thinks maybe in a long shot, but these two believe in Faith. And I think that's very key and very cool about the, the, the two of them. And I think that this will prevail throughout the series is that they, they still have... Um, they still believe that faith can be rehabilitated and can come out on the, the better part of this. Yeah, and I mean, it, his scenes with her when he's got her chained up and all this stuff, and she's trying to do everything. She's trying to be tough, then she tries to be cute and come on to him, and he doesn't fall for any of it. He he sees right through every bit of it. And if it weren't for Wesley and his guys, you know, who knows what would have gone down in the mansion, but the intervention happens but I'd, I'd like that they gave angel something to do here that was deep and it sets you up to know 
you know, his role's changing here a little bit. In the last episode, we didn't really talk about it, but like Buffy, you know, in her ecstasy at the club or whatever, it comes all onto him and it's climbing all over him and he's just like, okay, and he's so focused on the, the thing at the moment and protecting her and be careful and all that stuff and he's not letting all of that baggage get in his way anymore, it looks like. And I kind of like that. It's, it's, it's a neat moment yeah. for him. Yeah, I think he's finally turned the corner and realized that he can't give in to those feelings anymore. And I think a lot of that had to do with um, what happened at the end of amends, you know. I think that that had a lot to do with it. So um, he's finally accepted that, and he's not trying to give in like, you know, Buffy is at times to those feelings anymore because he knows they'll just get in the way. But um, a couple things. I, what I really liked about the whole interaction with Faith is Angel lays the line on her that is so true and will continue to, um, you know, be a big part of the Faith Angel storyline as it goes forward. Is, is He lays the line on her that, you know, you and me, Faith, we're a lot alike. And I like that line a lot. But the other thing, too, is when Wesley and, and all of them come in to take Faith away, they tie up Angel, but they don't kill him. Why do you think they let him live? Because Wesley doesn't really know a lot about Angel. Well, okay, I guess we got to make an inference here and sort of jump. All right, he's been reading Giles's stuff, right? You figure this guy can probably chew through some material fast. Maybe he's heard about it. Maybe he knows. I don't know. That's a good point. I don't know why they just tie him up. Maybe they don't know he's a vampire. I, I mean, that's kind of no. that's stretching it maybe a little much. But no, they definitely I don't know, know that he's a vampire. That they, they, they definitely know he's a vampire because they come in with the crosses and everything. Oh, that's right, and, and never mind. He saw him in Vamp Face against uh, the the Fat Demon, so right. the the tub the tub of goo Balthazar. So yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe because he knows he does fight on the good side. How about that? Because he's seen him do it, so maybe he knows that hey, there's no reason to stake the guy. Let's just you know get him out of the way. We're here for Faith. We're not here for him. So I, you know, that's their only interaction. That that's the only way to explain it. Otherwise, it's just they they've got to come up with some way to get him out of the way because clearly they're not going to let him get killed. You know. But yeah, I I thought it was cool. I mean, again, we both agree that Angel Angel as the role of the counselor here for Faith is uh, very powerful, and it works really well, you know. And I guess it's time to talk about Buffy and Faith. I mean, we've talked around them and you know mentioned pieces here and there, Brian. But it's time to get into them. And I like the fact that this episode starts with a dream. You know, Buffy and her prophetic dreams and what's happening. She's trying to swim out of the water, and Alan. The dead deputy mayor grabs her foot, and she's trying to get away, and she gets up to the top, and who's there? Faith, and Faith pushes her back down. And I'm like, okay, it's, it's the metaphor of the problem right now. This guilt of this is weighing me down, and Faith is there, and she's not helping me. And not only is she not helping me, she is going to turn on me. And that's exactly what happens in this episode. It is exactly what happens on this episode, and and not necessarily um, in in bold statements. I mean, obviously, the ending is is the is the 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 knife that you know turns, but throughout this, it's it's Buffy still believes Faith is on her side. She just has to get her to realize what she's done is wrong and and deal with it. And now that the dream is very prophetic in what is going to happen at the end of this episode, when when Faith does go to the deputy or to the mayor's office and becomes an ally of his but um yeah you know i love the dream sequence i thought it was really neat uh way to, to kind of open it up and, and to show you what buffy's conscience is telling her 
You know, Buffy's conscience is saying that, you know, what you did is going to kill you and faith is only going to help that you die quicker. Well, even better yet, what you have done is not going to stay buried. And what happens? She wakes up from the dream. She sees mom watching the television and what's on the TV? They found the body. You know, so, I mean, what has happened is that, you know, it's all happening in her dreams. You know, again, a little more lead time on the prophecy would be awesome. But, uh, you know, I guess, I guess, you you know, you can't be a a beggar and a chooser at this point. So, uh, but, but yeah, I I like the way that they start that. It's very cool. And Buffy has the emotional arc in this episode. I mean, she's, she's dealing with her own sense of guilt for this, but her concern is faith. I've got to reach her. I've got to save her. I know why Faith is attracted to Buffy, all right? Because in Faith's eyes, she sees Buffy as someone who hasn't completely realized her slayer potential, you know, because she won't totally give in to the carnal nature of it the way Faith has. But I'm wanting to know what is it Buffy sees in Faith? Is that is that someone that can be controlled and can be a great weapon if she is? I don't know. I think that Buffy's biggest thing is is that she likes having someone like her who is an ally, uh, someone who knows what it's like to do what she does, someone to talk to about what she does. Because, you know, you can only tell Giles so much, but he's never really been the slayer. He doesn't know what comes with it. Faith does. And I think that Buffy likes to have someone else who knows what she's going through to bounce things off of, to go with you know, her to, to, to experience everything with her. And I think that's why she wants to help faith out the most is so that she has that person there with her at all times. And I think she doesn't want to let go of that. Could it be that Buffy sees faith as this is what I would be like if I didn't have Giles and Willow and Xander and my mother and Angel in my life and she deserves the same chance that, chances that I've got. That Buffy feels like by bringing Faith into line with more of what a Slayer is, the way she sees it and stuff like that, that it also she quelches her own ability to be what Faith is. Because we've seen her act like that in just short spurts here, right? And she knows it's dangerous, and so she feels like if I can rehabilitate Faith, in a way I'm rehabilitating myself too in my inner desires to do the things Faith does. You ever think about it like that? Yeah, I think that's a valid point too. I like that idea. And I like the idea of, you know, Buffy saying, you know, maybe she wants to give Faith the opportunity to, you know, experience what it's like to have help in in, in your daily struggles as the slayer and maybe Buffy feels that because she has all this help it's why she's still around and she doesn't want faith to you know meet the the destiny of most slayers and that is not to live a long life I agree with you Brian I think I think you're onto something there I mean it's it's a it's a really strong character arc between two polar opposites but who are also well not polar between two sides of the same coin that we're seeing here and who's going to win out and that it's ultimately comes down to the choices. She wants faith to choose the good, you know, throw the emperor in the, you know, well and help me, you know, but that isn't going to happen real easy. Right. But to her defense, you know, the, the end fight goes down and Buffy's in trouble. You know, Mr. Tricks got her dead to rights and faith steps in and stakes him. Well, what I liked about that whole thing, too, is that, you know, Buffy 
basically risks her life to save Faith by moving her out of the way of the fallen crate, taking the crate herself, and, let, and you know Faith goes on to battle, and, and she's escaping, and, and she's relying on Faith to help her in her time of need because she helped her too, but she's allowing... I don't know. I think that Buffy probably could have gotten out of out of it with Trick if she absolutely needed to there, but she's just grasping at the fact that Faith is going to save her because she knows there's some good left in her. It's like it's like uh, Luke Skywalker with Darth Vader. He could probably have helped himself a little bit with the Emperor, but he wanted Darth Vader to show that he had good in him and help him out. You know? Yeah, and, and that's a good point. I, I think that's, that's she tr- knows Faith trusts her still. And in battle, she saves Faith's, you know, from be- she saves Faith from being injured and, and maybe even killed by the crate or in the position to be killed after the crate hits her. And she takes it for her and in hopes that she do this, that Faith will do the same for her. And in the end, she does. And she even says that to Giles at the end that, you know, she could have run off and left me. She didn't. She did not leave me. And so she's going to champion that there's still a chance to reach faith. Yep, she believes in faith, and she shows it there. So, uh, so yeah. It's a great way to resolve and stuff. And, I mean, wow, what a what a powerful couple of episodes. Brian, we're at the point of the podcast where we give our dustings rating. So what's your dustings rating for Season 3, Episode 15, Consequences? No surprise here. This is another four dustings. A, a fantastically done episode. Like we said at the beginning, it's nice that they took this episode to deal with what had happened in the previous episode instead of moving on to some other um, story for an episode and then coming back to this later. It's nice that they met it head on, dealt with it. We've got a very interesting storyline developing here. Buffy and Angel want to save Faith. Faith has now turned on them, turned her back on them and aligned with their enemy, the mayor. And I think that is fascinating. I agree with you. This is a four dustings all the way. You know, we, we poke a little fun at Marty Noxon here on this show, but I'll tell you, the last couple episodes, she has delivered in spades, man. And uh, this is just fantastic writing. It's so tight. Again, the only misbeat for me is the Willow crying in the bathroom thing, but that's 10 seconds and I can get over that. Everything else is great. The dialogue, the action, the character arcs, it's so good. They're They're doing so much the right way and like I say you can see the snowball rolling down the hill that it's about to get serious I mean this is episode 15 Brian we got 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 21 and 22 seven episodes to go you know they're about to get busy in Sunnydale for season 3 folks we're glad you've joined us here in this uh, pivotal moment in season 3 as a part of our podcast and as always we thank you for your support you can find archived episodes of our podcast at our website continuousplaypodcast.com slash Buffy you can also find links to our social media there. Leave us a message in the guest book. And hey, folks, if you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews help the show be noticed by new listeners, too. Let people know about us. And hey, if, if you disagree with something Brian and I say, or if you totally agree with uh, one of us, not the other, or whatever, let us know. Send us a message. We'll be glad to chat it up with you. Until next time, for Brian, I'm Jay. Thanks for tuning in to The Art of Slayer. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the copyright of Fox Television Studios and any discussion of the characters, episodes, or music is strictly for entertainment purposes only. Grr, arg.